Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Podcast. This is episode four for you listeners. I am Sam Thillman, joined as always by Grant Covey. Grant, how's how's your week going so far? Uh, it's going pretty good. Not too bad. I had my last music history class today for, um, you know, like the next 10 days. So I'm really pumped about that because today was a hard class to get through. We watched some, I don't even know what we watched. It was like opera and like these people were like, there was like face paint. It was a whole thing. I, I basically just, I, it was not a fun class today. I'm glad I do not have to take any music <laughs> yes. history class. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, Sam. And if for any listeners out there who's coming to Ball State, Music 100 with uh, Dr. Sean Paul Mills, that's a no-go. No-go. A lot of assignments. We've already done 1,800 points worth of work. Ooh. We're close to 2,000 points worth of work at the midterm. I'm pretty sure that's more than like most of my classes. Yeah, most combined. classes are out of 1,000 points, yeah. yeah. Which is fine because then you can do bad on certain assignments mm-hmm. and still be fine, but... It's a whole thing. I so, won't complain the whole episode. So transitioning from that, Grant, <laughs> I would like to talk about something a little bit more important, the NBA and the oh, Pacers, yes, definitely of more important. <laughs> so, so as you may have heard the news, listeners, Jeremy Lamb for the Pacers is done for the season. Uh, what was his injury? I think it was like torn Achilles. Um, uh, torn lateral meniscus and ACL. I'm not a doctor, so, so I just know yeah, he's out for the season, basically. Pretty bad injury, yes. So, Grant... How does that really change the face of the Pacers, what they're doing? Because we started out with Victor Oladipo obviously coming back. That really messed up the chemistry, and now we don't have Jeremy Lamb. Like, how does this Pacers team look? Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at it, Sam, it's like Jeremy Lamb, he averaged 12.5 points per game for the Pacers, so he was obviously a force on offense, and he was kind of that first guy, and then Aaron Holiday would normally replace him. Um, from what games I've watched this season. And when you take a double-digit score out of that scoring column, it really hurts. And I think uh, the Pacers are going to feel that injury. But then again, you do have Oladipo there. It's not the worst thing that could happen to this team. We're obviously still fighting for position, and we're fighting to get the high, you know the highest seed possible in the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see how the team responds. I think they will respond well. Um you have Oladipo on the team as a leader. I don't think the Pacers will be that lost without Jeremy Lamb. Now, not to discredit, it is a huge injury, right? I mean, um, you take a double-digit score out. He he was there with you night in and night out, and you could normally rely on him every single game. So um, it's definitely a big blow, but I think this Pacers team has more depth there. And honestly, Aaron Holiday... Let's go. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you've been waiting for your grand opportunity. We thought it was going to be earlier this season when Oladipo was out. It kind of was. But now is your truly grand opportunity presented to you on a silver platter to prove to you, to prove to everyone else in the NBA, and including myself, that he can be an NBA player that plays you know, for the Pacers or for somebody else after this season. It's his opportunity and it's his time to shine. Yeah, as you mentioned, Aaron Holiday, last game against the Hornets. Now, not to mention that Jeremy Lamb injury won't hurt them in the future, but they looked pretty solid without him. Beat the Hornets by 39 points in last week. Aaron Holiday only contributing 9 points in 30 minutes. But the Pacers had the game in the bag. They weren't really stressing about that game at all. What a what a wild week for the Pacers. It really has. They lost <laughs> by like, 
What was it? One twenty-seven to eighty-one against Toronto on Sunday. I was driving back up to mm-hmm. campus, listening to that game on the radio, and yeah, that was a tough game. But you have your worst loss of the season, a worst loss in like twenty-some years or mm-hmm. something, and then you have like your almost your best win of the season. You what that thirty-nine points against Charlotte uh, that you won by. So kind of an up and down week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can find some steady ground. Nationally televised game coming up tonight. Uh, with Portland, we're recording this on Thursday, February 27th. Probably won't come out till tomorrow morning, but still, it's a big game for the Pacers tonight. And I think the big storyline for this Pacers team has been injuries this entire season, starting with, of course, the big name in Oladipo, of course. Now we have Jeremy Lamb, and it looks like every single player that has played big minutes for this Pacers team has got hurt. You have Miles Turner being hurt off and on. TJ Warren's been hurt. You had Sabonis out for a stretch of time. You had Brogdon out for a stretch of time. So when you look at the Pacers record and where they stand, 34 and 24, it's really solid considering the fact, Grant, wouldn't you say, uh, with all the injuries they've been dealt? Yeah, I mean, dealt the situation that you were, it's like, okay, what we got to make the best of a of a bad situation. Injuries obviously hurt you, but I even said this, I think it was on our first episode that we did when we talked about the Pacers at the All-Star break, is that measuring stick of how many games above 500 are you, and when you look at the Pacers, if they can stay somewhere around that 10 games above 500, you're perfectly fine. You have some tough games coming up, um, and they're all on the road. You take a West Coast road trip starting on Saturday at Cleveland. Shouldn't be too much of a, a problem there. San Antonio, Milwaukee, Chicago, Dallas, all in that road trip. So I guess not really a West Coast road trip, but more of like a, I don't know, mid Midwest road trip. But they're on the road from Saturday to Sunday. So Saturday, February 29th to Sunday, March 8th. And that's going to be a big test for the Pacers coming up. And I think you got to come out of that with with a handful of wins because you're going to have an opportunity against the Bucks. Can you stop them? I don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting and a really important stretch coming up for the Pacers. On the road, an opportunity to get some big wins. You're down Jeremy Lamb, but can this team come together and win those games? I think that's what we're all about to find out. Yeah, and Grant, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but I'd like to spend a little bit of time covering the full picture of the NBA. Now, Grant, I'm going to give you a couple storylines in the NBA, and I'm going to tell you which is kind of either the most surprising, the best storyline in the NBA. So you have, of course, the Greek freak. He's having a, considering another MVP season. Definitely. You've got Zion Williamson just being a freak of nature out there, just doing what he can to will this Pelicans team to a playoff spot. You've got, just recently, Mike Conley was taking out the starting lineup for the Jazz. You've got the Bucks already clinching the playoff spot in 58 games. And you got John Beeline leaving the head coaching spot for a front office role. You're saying which one is going to be the most surprising or to me? I would just say, or... like, what, what is what, what do you think is the best storyline in the NBA right now? The best storyline? I would say it was, uh, I don't know, probably LeBron and the Lakers. LeBron, Lakers. Uh, maybe Giannis having another MVP season. Mm-hmm. LeBron hasn't won an MVP since 2013. Yeah. Since 2013. And... That's a, I mean, seven years, and I mm-hmm. think he's due. And I, what he's done with the Lakers this season, you're telling me he doesn't deserve an MVP? I mean, I know Giannis is playing well. I know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is playing phenomenal. Couldn't ask for better. But, I mean, LeBron James has taken this Lakers team, who was garbage a year ago, didn't even make the playoffs, to now 
you know, first in the West. So I think LeBron, I think I'm going to answer your question in kind of a roundabout way, mm-hmm. but the most, the storyline that I'm looking forward to following as the season goes on mm-hmm. is the race for MVP, mm-hmm. Giannis and LeBron, who will it be? Is anybody else worthy of being in that picture as well? That's going to be the most interesting to follow now that we're into uh, late February, early March. This is when the MVP race starts heating up, and and will Milwaukee decide to load manage Giannis Antetokounmpo since they you know they've clinched a playoff spot if they can continue to play like they are? How is that going to work? I, I think it's going to be very interesting. Do you do you load manage Giannis or do you play him? What is his opinion on it? I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Just the fact that I think the reason why LeBron James doesn't get the respect he does because the NBA doesn't really like, I don't know, because they've seen him be so dominant for a long time. It's hard to put him as MVP each well, season. Well, it's just like Tom Brady, right? You yeah. could give Tom Brady the MVP every season, but you don't because there's other players there. It's a very similar situation with mm-hmm. LeBron. And... And which is which is good in some ways, but also in, in other ways, it's like, okay, this dude hasn't won an MVP since 2013. If he can take this Lakers team to the playoffs and the finals, obviously they do the voting before then, but I think he's got his team set up for, for success, not just this year, but following years as well. Yeah, and I think one storyline that I really like is the Raptors' success, considering the fact that they lost their star player in uh, Kawhi Leonard after they won that title and are still second in the East, 42-16 and 16 on the season, eight games out of first place behind the Bucks. I think that just, just that just shows how, I don't know, just like how phenomenal of a season the Raptors are having, considering they just lost one of the best players in the NBA. I, yeah, you, you rarely see this, right? You rarely see a team lose their uh, captain and, and be really good. Cavaliers, example, they lost mm-hmm. a few other pieces, and a, and a coach as well, but um, yeah, that is is very surprising to me. The Raptors are scary good. I mean, there's they're that I they're gonna be scary come playoff time. And if you're the Pacers, you hope you don't draw them in the first round in terms of where you end up with seating and stuff. So you need to stay out of sixth, well, out of seventh place, which I don't think is gonna be a problem. Depending on you know where the Raptors end up, I think they're in a battle with. Uh, the what is it the Celtics maybe for for third so yeah um the Celtics currently at 41 and 17 so it's going to be a back and forth battle between those two um Celtics and uh, Raptors for second place there so if you're the Pacers you almost want to wiggle your way up into the number 5 seed uh because then you would play the 4 seed which would either be Miami or Philadelphia they're battling out right now. If the playoffs started today, you play Boston, mm-hmm. which is who you obviously played last year and got swept by. So it's going to be a battle for seeding, and if Toronto keeps winning the way they do, the Pacers are going to have to make sure they stay on top of their game to avoid you know, possibly falling to seventh, which I don't think is going to be a big possibility. I mean, seventh is the Nets at 26-31. and 31. So if you're the Pacers, just just keep doing what you're doing, and I, I know it sounds cliche, but just win the rest of them and you'll be fine. Getting up to the five seed, I think, would benefit you greatly. You're going to have to get past the 76ers. 
currently at, at your two games behind them, but definitely a doable situation. Yeah, and I think it's interesting when you look at the NBA playoff picture right now. We're still 20 games out, but it's just interesting to look at it and seeing which team you want to you would want to play in the first round of the playoffs. Is it is it the Heat? Do you want to play the 76ers, the Celtics, Raptors? Because it doesn't look like an easy first round uh, get into the second first round win at all. Whether you're playing the Heat with Jimmy Butler, you're playing Celtics with Jason Tatum and Kimba Walker. I'm not sure which team you really want to play of of the of the East, really, because I'm I'm personally scared of still the 76ers. They're still working through their issues, but they're still a really good team. You got the Heat with Jimmy Butler and now um, Andre Iguodala. You got the Celtics with their their young core and the Raptors, who have been phenomenal. So I'm not sure who who in this East you would want to play. What are your thoughts, Grant? Well, let's pick. Turn my mic on. There we go. You think it may be my first day here? Um, yeah, the top six teams. Pick your poison. Take out Milwaukee. So we'll go from six to two. Pick your mm-hmm. poison because any of those teams could beat any of those teams on any given night. I truly do believe that. Um, M- Milwaukee, whoever they get, obviously it would be the eighth seed right now. It's Orlando. Could possibly be. Um, Washington. By the time it's all said and done, yeah, take take your po- pick your poison. Um, between those, what five teams there? Um, because any of those teams could beat any of those teams on any given night. Uh, what matchup favors the Pacers? I would say, uh, I I don't know, maybe the Seventy Sixers or the Heat, possibly the Celtics. Um. You're looking for a revenge season. I think that would be a good opportunity there. Just, just, uh, yeah, stay within that 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 range of stay. If you're right where you are at the sixth seed, I think you'll be fine. Um, if you can move up to five, that would be awesome. Uh, four is even a possibility as well. You're two games back of that. I mean, the Miami Heat with 36 wins and 22 losses are in fourth. So those three um, uh, spots there is what I'm trying to say are going to be to be very interesting come the end of the season because now every game is critical. And when you look at the upcoming uh, Pacers schedule, you know, like I mentioned, they, they go on the road. But in terms of, of playing those teams again this season, if I pull it up here real quick, you'll play Boston at home on March 10th. Uh, you'll play at Philadelphia on that next Saturday, the 14th. So a good opportunity. Then you go to Miami on March 20th. And then that will be, you'll play at Boston one more time, at Miami one more time. And yeah, I believe that is it. You'll, your season series with the 76ers will be done. Remind you of what they've done against the 76ers so far this season. Uh, looking at it here, they, you know, they lost in, in early November. Um, and then you played them again the end of December. They beat Philadelphia. Then they beat him again on March or January thirteenth. So a good opportunity to uh, complete the season and become a series victorious over the 76ers. Go three and one against them this season coming up here in in March. Yeah, and I I think uh, one quick thing to mention is the home game. Uh, whoever is the home team is going to play a a major impact on the the playoff series because when you look at the teams Milwaukee has a 26 and 3 record you got the Celtics with the 23 and 5 record the Philadelphia with the 27 and 2 
record. So when you mentioned how close these teams are to each other and any team can beat any team, it matters who has the home field advantage too. So if the Pacers, if they're going to be a five or four seed, you would hope they're a four seed so they get that advantage. They're 20 and 10 at home versus 14 and 14 away. So I think the home field advantage is going to be a bigger part than in years past than it has been shown. Definitely. Home field at the BLF is is going to be to be crucial down the stretch for sure. Looking at the West Grant, I I would like to talk about I don't know. I I just I just don't know what to make of the West really because when you look at the East, you got these contenders like the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics. I'm not sure there's any contenders outside of the top four, really, for the West. What what are your thoughts on the West situation? Do you think that the Thunder, Jazz, Mavericks, Grizzlies have a chance, or do you think, like I said, it's kind of a top-heavy West? Well, yeah, it is top-heavy, but then again, so is the East, in a way. Um, it, the Both both conferences are set up kind of similarly. I mean, you have your top team in the Lakers um, and then the Nuggets behind them, and that's going to be a battle to the finish. Uh, the Nuggets still five games out of that place, uh, so that that'll be interesting to watch down the stretch. I mean, you have the Clippers there at number three. Um, I, the Lakers are still my favorite to come out of the West. Uh, the Jazz are, are kind of surprising everyone at thirty six and twenty two this season. Um, the Thunder in there as well at the five seed. The Rockets at the four seed. The top four seeds. I'm gonna say the same thing I did about the East. When I said those middle seeds there from about six to number three could beat anybody or six to number two, I'm going to say anybody from, from the Rockets to the Clippers at the top, that includes the, or the Lakers. I mean, so the Rockets, the Clippers, the Nuggets, or the Lakers, any of those teams could beat any of those teams in a series. Um, but other than that, I don't like any of the teams at the bottom. Memphis is struggling. Dallas, they're okay. How much can Luka Doncic do for you? I don't know. I don't know if he can win a playoff series. We haven't seen that yet. So that is going to be interesting to watch. Right now they're at 7th place, so they would play the Nuggets if, this, if the series started today. They're going to have to work their way up if they want a chance at competing in a series to to number 6 or possibly number 5. Uh, they're only a half game out of number 5 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think one big storyline that people are forgetting about is the Thunder. Just because they acquired Chris Paul, they were trying to trade him and just kind of blow up this team. They didn't trade Chris Paul. They helped held this team together. And now they're a solid fifth seed in a strong Western Conference, which I think is pretty impressive considering you have players like Chris Paul. You've got a uh, Danilo Gallinari. You have these players that you didn't think were really that good enough playing together and you wanted to trade them. The, the GM kept them together, didn't didn't try to blow up this team, and it's, it's turned out well for the Thunder. Yeah, it has. It's going to be fun to watch them down the mm-hmm. stretch, I think, uh, Currently, you know, looking at them right now, 36 and 22, similar to what the Pacers are, honestly. And, uh, yeah, trying to pull something together here at the end of the season is going to be fun to watch for sure. And, Grant, I would like to mention another thing. Now, we saw the Rockets trade away their only really starting center at the deadline. Now, they have a, I think the tallest player on the Rockets is 6'7", and they have a record of 38 and 20, which is respectable. Do you think teams are going to kind of shy away from the center and stick with the small ball? Or do you think it would be the advantage of the teams, since you got such a small lineup, to kind of keep the center in the rotation and be a kind of big offense? Time will tell. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. And 
Obviously, the Pacers right now doing some stuff on unorthodox. They have two centers, uh, main centers. I mean, you have three with Goga Bataze, but it's going to be interesting, and time will tell. The Rockets are going to try it, and I think if it works for them, other teams are going to pick it up as well because if they're going to come out and shoot 53s a night and beat you like that, I mean, I guess uh, that's their game plan. And if it works, I think more teams are going to follow suit. Similar to, to the NFL, right? Jared Goff and Sean McVay. That was a whole sensation for, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So if it works, people are going to definitely going to follow it. Yeah. And, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely taking the small ball to an extreme. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I think this was a great episode. What do you what do you think? Greg? For sure. Don't for forget sure. to follow us on Twitter, straight up Sports Talk on Twitter, at Sports Talk. At six, mm-hmm. it's right where you can find it. Podcast available, Anchor and Spotify now. So that's exciting. I'm Sam Thoman, and I'm Grant Covey. Come back next week. No, just kidding. Don't week. come back next week. <laughs> We're off for 